It's recording. Hey. Sir, hey. Episode, what is it, five? Five. Five. Damn, it's been five weeks already. Jeez, time flies. All right. So welcome back. Uh, we got another scintillating episode for you today. This one is not <laughs> this one is not as serious as last one's gonna be. I think we talked about the Chicago Blackhawks situation in like in like huge, pretty in-depth detail in our last episode. Um, not gonna lie, I think we did a pretty good job of covering the whole thing front to back. And uh, right now it's it's on Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. If you want to get a if you want to get caught up on the entire situation, please listen to that. But today we're going to branch out into non-Blackhawk stuff. I think we'll kick off this show with two or three minutes briefly on what the most recent findings were, the most recent things about the Blackhawks case is, and then we'll jump into the Eichel situation. And then if we had time, we'll talk about the Leafs, but there's not really much to talk about the Leafs, to be honest with you. They're okay. <laughs> yep. So uh, did you want to say anything before I jump into the Hawks? Uh, not really. Uh, I know you said that you had a couple of things you want to talk about in regards to the Blackhawks investigation. So I'll let you kick that off. But I can kind of give you my, uh, we can kind of just have a quick discussion about the stuff you want to bring up. So, okay. So, oh, I, I made a note over here. I'm not going to forget this. I think in the last episode, I also said something that was a little insensitive. I'm not going to go into exactly what it was. It was like a sudden blurt out. Uh, while I was talking about the Blackhawks, I was getting frustrated at times. And I think we were both laughing at stuff. Trust me, it wasn't like out of a place of like ignorance or anything. I we, think we, I know. I think I know you're I think I think I know what you're talking about. Um and look, like yeah. It's yeah. I'll I'll, I'll I'll let you sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, I'll let you go on. Yeah, so I apologize for that. I'll be better at choosing my words next time, but yeah, it was we were just getting frustrated with everything. So we're finding stuff a little hard to believe and then i guess it just came out of my mouth but anyway i will be better yeah uh i don't uh i can definitely understand i sorry knowing you a bit better than somewhat some what some other people listening may i know that you definitely didn't mean it in any type of like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't intended to be any like a verbal attack on anyone it was more so like again like stuff like as difficult as it is to say sorry it's difficult as stuff slips out sometimes whether it's like yeah. uh, appropriate or not and like again I'm not saying I condone I'm sorry I don't con I don't support anyways yeah. I, 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 we know what you mean I know what you mean I think it's good that you pointed it out and you uh kind of uh clarified things because again I I think especially with a situation like that um it can be kind of taken the wrong way if not like sorry yeah anyways yeah yeah no i i've since edited that portion out but yeah just it's good to be careful with your words whenever you're talking about stuff like that yep. anyway uh 100 yep. so i think since then uh i've seen some more discussion online some more articles posted about the batman and the bill daily conference uh one of the things that i noted mm. down since last week was i think during that conference or this might've been a post after the conference, Batman released a statement or made a statement saying basically anyone who has been abused through sexual assault in the NHL, they can reach out to him or Bill Daly directly. Uh, like they're basically extending themselves as the crisis hotline yeah. sort of stuff. My note on that is that's absolute bullshit. Like, okay, cool. But 
after that conference that you just had last week, yeah. which NHL player do you think is confident to talk to you? Yeah. Like uh, what you said, why do you think people would want to talk to you? You seem completely emotionally unintelligent about everything. So like, why? Why? Why are you extending yourself? You sh- I, I don't understand why that was what he said, but I just found that a little ridiculous and stupid. But it's Gary Bettman. You don't expect much from him now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't have much to add to that. Um, again, I think it's a bit more of a PR thing. Um, if he doesn't, like, again, like, I think he's just trying to, at least to some, like, just at least to some extent, try to save face. Even though I think, in, in the eyes of a lot, in the in the eyes of a lot of the fans, uh, everyone can kind of see right through it. I think everyone knows that, look, like he doesn't really care. Um, yeah. But like, it's it's just it's it's me. It's just media. It's fake. Like it's it's kind yeah. of what it's kind of what the NHL is turning to nowadays. Unfortunately, they they do not give a shit. And I was thinking about like, how can you even fire Gary Bettman? Like, is that even a thing that you can do? And I think you need a certain number of owners from the league to not support his current position and then he can be fired, right? Mm-hmm. I think you need at least eight of the 32 in order for him to stay. Like eight yeah. of the 32 have to support his position. But if less than eight support it, then you can fire him, something like that. Either way, in my opinion, this guy's. How long has he been the commissioner of the league? Like 30 years? A long, a while. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not okay. And you can just tell from the, the interviews that he had recently, this guy is outdated. Same with Bill Daly as well. And after a certain point in time, you just have to understand yourself that maybe time has just passed you. You're a dinosaur. You don't understand the current like way to handle yourself in situations like these. I feel like the interview that he conducted with Bill Daly last week would have been okay if it was like 30 years ago. But mm, that's not the way you handle yeah, it now. Yeah. And there was even a there was a portion of that conference where I think they talked about Akeem Aliu for a little bit. Yeah, they did. Around, yeah, so I think Akeem Aliu's um, the situation around that is that, that investigation is still going on. And the league not according to the league. I think Bill Daly said that he has been in contact with the agent recently regarding recent updates on Akeem Aliu. And then mm-hmm. the agent tweeted out after the yep. conference saying, that's yep. me. Mm-hmm. So just well, no. lying. That's what they're doing now. Yeah. Well, I think what I think what the quote was, was that um, we've completed the investigation and we are in, con- we are in contact with uh, Akeem and his representatives to determine what the next steps are. And then, yeah, the agent came out and said, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, this is, again, this is where we're at. Like, it's just, I, I'm not surprised at any of this stuff anymore. And if you honest with you, it's just, it's embarrassing, really. Like, man, it's like, it's like they're like, they're grade school kids. Like, you got caught, like, you got in trouble. So you're just lying to get out of, try to get out of trouble, but it's not helping you, dude. Like, yeah. Anyways. Uh, and one last thing I want to quickly touch on. Mm-hmm. So, Duncan Keith. Uh, this guy said recently that he was not interviewed. He would have helped to contribute to this entire Blackhawks case, but he just wasn't interviewed. That was his wording. A few months ago, if you guys remember, Duncan Keith rejected an interview. He didn't want to get involved with it, but recently he said he wasn't interviewed. So 
now he's essentially lying. Like he's turning his words around in a way to make it seem as if he wanted to do the interview, but he just wasn't given the opportunity to. That's a fucking lie. He declined it. This is his fault. And now he's acting like he wasn't. So I just have one thing to say about Duncan Keith. He came into Edmonton to, what is it? Like be the leadership guy to set the example because he's like a grizzled veteran now from the Blackhawks. Yeah, no, sorry, Duncan. No, like, first of all, you had the vaccine situation. Say what you want. You're not getting a vaccine. I don't, <laughs> don't sympathize with you. I don't like you if you don't get the vaccine. You didn't get it. He got it later on, whatever. Um, but then now he's trying to set an example for the Edmonton Oilers by pulling this shit. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, if you want to contribute to the case, it's never too late. And I said this last episode as well. You can go right now, go to Jenner and Block, go to the Blackhawks, go to Kyle Beach and apologize and tell him everything you know. It's never fucking late. But these guys just want to hide behind their asses. God, I hate, I hate Taze, Kane, Keith, everyone right now so much. Like they're nothing in my eyes right now. Just scum. You're not, yeah, you're not alone. That's that's everyone. Like, uh, yeah, Duncan Keith. Uh, I, I think it's tough. Sorry, it's not tough. But like he came from a market in Chicago where, again, say what you will, hockey's not quite as big in the states. And he comes over to a Canadian team where it's obviously a lot bigger. And I think that's part of the reason why he, at least early on in the season, a lot of the stuff has kind of come to light. The thing with the not getting vaccinated, the thing, the quotes with during the, um, when the results were, um, when they were reporting the findings of the Jenner and Block investigation, it's just like, I think we're just really finding out who Duncan Keith is, unfortunately. Sorry, not even not even unfortunately. We're just finding out who Duncan Keith really is. Again, he was a he's a really like he's past his prime. He was a really good defender, a really good defenseman for a couple of years in the NHL. Uh, won a Conn Smythe Trophy uh, for an absolutely ridiculous Stanley Cup final run. But that's not really that's not all that matters. Like, and that's and I think it's again that's what we're trying to kind of show here is that like the NHL and, the, and their players do not care about it's like it's it's hockey culture it's just players trying to do whatever they can to win and at at literally all costs all of them like and that's it's again and it's just disappointing to see time and time again like even in different organizations nowadays that this keeps coming up and until we have a culture change and again i think that starts with a change at the top with gary Bettman and bill daly i don't think this is gonna i think this thing is gonna keep happening that's just my take on it yeah, I agree with you on that one. Change needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's all I wanted to talk about the Hawks. Do you want to yeah. things off with the Eichel situation? Hard right turn, obviously, but... Yeah, yeah. so big move. Big, big move. Um, I think you called this actually. Jack Eichel is now a uh, Vegas Golden Knight. I didn't see that coming oh, sorry i didn't think that was going to happen or they said i didn't think he was going to go to vegas i believe it was for alex tuck top prospect peyton krebs a first round pick and i believe a fourth round pick for jack eichel and a third i believe um wow like just wow and there's a again there's a couple of different steps that 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 are a couple of different levels that we can analyze this on i 
I'm, I'm going to start off by saying this. The Buffalo Sabre got absolutely fleeced in this deal. Mm-hmm. Um, fleeced because, okay, again, you can talk about him being damaged goods. You can talk about him being uh, potentially someone who I think people are now starting to wonder if he's, the, if he's really a leader for this, for, uh, if he's, is, he, if he's, is he really a leader or is he just a really good hockey player? Um, I counter that with, yeah, except they, like, in other situations like this, I might, I might, I might agree. In other situations that kind of play out the way this, the, the Jack Eichel one did, where the player sits out, like he's not, like he's, he probably could play, but like, but like, this is a situation where the Buffalo Sabres just were make trying to make a, trying to make the decision on what surgery Jack Eichel got. And for those of you who aren't aware of the situation, Jack Eichel wanted a disc replacement in his neck, and the Buffalo Sabres were would not let him have that surgery. Be, I think part of the reason is because I don't think any NHL player has gotten that surgery before, but he all, but they wanted him to get a spinal fusion surgery, which I know a lot of, I know just from doing a little bit of research today, I learned that the one thing that, um, well, number one, Leaf legend Nathan Horton got uh, got spinal fusion surgery back in 2014 with the Columbus Blue Jack, which which resulted in him landing on long term injured reserve, which then got him on the Leafs. That was a surgery that put him out for the rest of his career. And again, I know Jack Eichel's 20, what, like 24, 25. He's like he's old, he, he's younger, but this is also a major surgery. Anything re- re- uh, in regards to your spinal cord or your neck. I'm not letting people make that decision for me personally. Again, I know, and I know that's not how that works. I know the NHLPA uh, in the CBA, like you're signing a multi-million dollar contract. The, the organization you are working for can have some say in the type of surgery you get. But when it comes to, like, again, they were just so ad- adamant on him getting the surgery that they wanted that A, I, it resulted in him not get not being able to get a surgery until he got traded, which is now. So his value just kept just kept sinking and sinking and sinking. No one wanted to pay that, and now they took they took a massive, massive, massive cut to the return they would have gotten yeah. on a on a, an extremely young franchise center. Just be, in 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 the main reason it feels like that is just because they were being too petty and they didn't want to, and, and it was basically just a tug of war and they were like, okay, you win. See ya. The Buffalo Sabres have been absolute shit at doing everything on and off the ice for the last 10 years. And this is just another example of it. So don't get me wrong. Eichel is still, in my opinion, a top five center in the league. Well, maybe not right now. Cause He's on IR and he, he, I think he just got the disc replacement surgery or he will get it soon. He's getting at the end of this week. At least I, I think that's, I think that's what he reported. Uh, that was being reported. I think either tomorrow or Friday. Okay. Yeah. So he's getting it soon, but when he comes back, whether that's this season or the, in the Olympics or it'll be this season, it'll be this season. Whenever he comes back, he's still going to be phenomenal. Like he's going to be world beating. He's going to be, he's going to be the franchise center. You want to build your team around. For the Vegas Golden Knights, it was perfect. For the Sabres, what the hell? What are you doing? 2015, they tanked so hard for Connor McDavid. Like, so hard. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't even pull that off, which is funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Eichel. Yeah. But you, you lucked into Eichel. Still, Eichel is amazing on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Connor yeah. McDavid is a generational talent, but you can still build a fucking great hockey squad around Jack Eichel himself. And they blew it. 
all because they shot themselves in the foot. Like I think the entire, the, the conflict between Eichel's camp and the Sabres was he wanted a specific surgery that hadn't been done on an NHL player before. It's called like disc replacement or whatever it is. Disc disc replacement. Yep. Um, But then the Sabres were like, Ooh, I don't know about that one. seems a little risky. And so, because I guess they own Eichel's body, it's weird how this works. Yeah, no, it's, it's messed up, but it's weird, yeah. Yeah, they were like, we don't want you to risk your career because then we're going to lose our money and then blah, blah, blah. That itself has so many ethical implications on its own. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't agree with an organization controlling your well, yeah. for health. Well, you can bet this that this is going to be brought up in the next CBA because I think this is... The fact that this happened to a young, again, a young, super talented player, it's like, like it, this has major future implications. Like, let's say Connor McDavid goes through the same thing. Like, that's your top, that, that is your best player. And you're seriously going to say, like, if you're the Oilers, you're seriously going to say, oh, no, we don't want you getting spinal fusion. We want, so we don't want you getting a district plays, but we want you to get a spinal fusion. Like, Yo, it's again, his like, again, like, like there's so many ethical problems you're, and you're like you, you, you nailed it like there's so many things wrong with that statement but like again like it's like this is the stage of the nhl or like it's it's so fucking messed up it's yeah. ridiculous like it's crazy and so yeah i hope this is covered in the new cba because be. I, I i can i can say confidently it will be like yeah there's no chance it's not like how, if I was working and right now I'm working for an employer and let's say I suffered an injury, they don't get the right to choose what's, what's good for me and what's not. Like Jack Eichel consulted with, I think like a second, third opinion when it came to whether or not he should do the surgery. And his squad was like, yeah, you can do it. It should be fine. Um, and I think with a disc replacement, the benefit of it is of it is you don't have to keep getting it reworked or relooked at every few years with the spinal fusion. I believe you have to get it checked in every now and then this replacement, I believe is a long-term solution. So it's like a newer kind of surgery, but Mm -hmm. I mean, if Jack Eichel wanted it, then that's what they should have done, but they did it. And well, Well, there's a couple of things, right? So Jack Eichel was given $10 million a season by the Buffalo Sabres. So obviously with that money, you have to comply to at least to some degree to what the organization is asking for. Like, again, that's like, that's just how it works. Like it's, it's your employer, but I would like to think, and again, this is kind of where I have a problem with this. Like, yeah, again, I think like, like you can, you can use that argument to a certain extent, but I think to me, when it comes, like when it comes to health and safety and like, like rehabilitation and getting my body right, I would think that that should be my call. But again, like the other thing, like, and also like, I find it difficult, at least I, at least trying to put myself into that situation. Cause I think the other thing we need to realize is that like the, the Buffalo Sabres also gave Jack like, like life changing money. They mm-hmm. gave him $10 million a season for eight years. He gave him $8 million, $80 million. That's a lot of money. Now, again, like this is the typical thing, right? People say money can't buy happiness. And again, like, again, this is kind of shows you that like, like that statement's right. Like, yep. Like, like stuff like this happens all the time, not all the time, but like the fact that this happens here shows that like it probably happens all the time. But look, I'm just really happy for Jack Eichel personally. Well, A, I'm glad I can root for him now. Now, now that he's out of the division, that's number one. <laughs> number, number two, like 
every day that passed and I didn't have this thing resolved, it just meant another day where he was unhealthy, where he couldn't get the surgery that he wanted. He's basically sitting at home with this, with this problem in his neck, like neck pain and back pain sucks. Like again, like that stuff can carry on for a very long time. And like, like, and I, and I think the other thing that's kind of disappointing to me is like, I like, I, Cause I was genuinely curious to know what the difference was between like a disc replacement and a spinal fusion. Again, based on the names, you can kind of get an idea and like just hearing like the description of what a spinal fusion is like, I wouldn't put anyone through that. Like where they, like for those of you who don't know, spinal fusion is basically where they, they remove a, like a, like a disc, one of the vertebral discs in your spine slash your neck. Cause it goes all the way up and they weld the vertebral pieces together with the, with like a, with like a bone, um, with like, with like a bone graph like oh. like it's like it's 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 gruesome like again like and it's like and if like the fact that you're like you're basically asking a kid to take out a vertebral like basically you're asking to change the structure of his body and the makeup of his I know, it's anyway this is an argument this is a discussion for another day it's just i'm just i'm just again the the night's once they get him back oh my god like i don't know how they're gonna make it work with the cap but like that team's gonna be ridiculous but anyways like i i think eichel's in a really good spot i think again this is like he's starting a new chapter of his career he can hopefully put this thing behind him once he gets a surgery but man the buffalo sabers i do not know what to tell you And, and to the fans i don't know what to tell you like i am so so sorry like oh my god for any Buffalo Sabres fan listening to this right now, I love you so much. Like, I'm so sorry for everything that you had to go through over the last 10 years, <laughs> 15 years. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't even tell you that like times are turning, good things will come to you soon. Cause I have no idea what's going to happen to the Sabres right now. You don't. They haven't made the playoffs since 2010, 2010, 2011, where they lost in the first round to the Philadelphia Flyers. They've had some good seasons, and they have some. They've had some good players like Vanek, uh, uh, Thomas Vanek, Jason Pominville, uh, Cody Hodgson was there, but like, again, he's like that, that. Yeah, he sucked. That that. Oh my god, that Cassian for Hodgson trade. I forgot about that. My god, uh, Ryan Miller was there once. That like Ryan Miller was there for a while. That's fun. But like yeah. since then, like Jack Eichel was probably the only player where they where they actually had like consistent success in any player not just not just like the start like play, like their franchise but the only player that they've gotten consistent production out of and they shipped them out of town like for those of you who don't for those of you who are kind of curious to hear more on the situation jack eichel did a podcast with spit uh, spit and chicklets again I'm not a huge bar stool person. I, I don't think a lot. I think I don't think a lot of people are. But like, if you're just looking for more information on the inform, more information on the topic, I would definitely give it a listen. It's very interesting. A lot of kind of like, and it was very definitely interesting to hear Jack Eichel's perspective on it, as he did hint that he did feel at times that that like that that that, that this decision and the whole thing with the surgery was personal. But like again, I think anytime you like, anyways, it's just. It's just such a messy situation right now, man. It's crazy. Yeah. From the Sabres perspective, they, so this season, they actually started off really well. And a couple episodes ago, Simon and I talked about this too. So mm-hmm. cool. I did not see that coming. Since then though, this is after Monday, October 25th, where they slapped Tampa five to one. 
Very surprising score. Yep. Since then, they lost, or sorry, they won 4-3 versus Anaheim. And then they lost 3-2 to two to LA. They lost 3-5 to five to San Jose. They lost 5-2 to two versus Seattle. They lost 4-3 to three versus Detroit. They lost 5-3 to three versus Washington. They had five losses in a row, and I think they have fallen back down to where we expect them to be. Again, like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that statement at all. I still stand by my statement of I don't think his team is going to be anywhere as bad as people were, were, t- were saying they were going to be. They're not going to be like apocalyptic, like end of the end of the world bad. Like the gonna, yeah, yeah, like man, or, or the Canadians apparently they're like three ten and something. Like yeah. this is like again, is are things going to look are things are things looking up for the Sabers? Absolutely not. <laughs> but like. Like, if anything, I just hope they can kind of get at least some enjoyment out of the season. Because, like, man, like, the one thing people talk about is, like, oh, you, you could trade Jack Eichel to jumpstart your rebuild. And even when you trade him, you don't jumpstart it. You get, like, you get Peyton Krebs, who I think, like, I think he's actually going to be a pretty nice player. When, when, the, when the Knights played the Leafs, Peyton Krebs was playing. He looked like a very explosive player. I, and I think there's potential there. They sent him down to Rochester to not to fuck with his development. I think it's a good call. But, man, like, Alex Tuck, he's a good player. He's I believe he's from upstate New York, so he, like, he, like he's home. But, like, really? Now, again, you could probably say that's probably just to bounce out the cap fine. But, like, there's so many other pieces he could have gone back in that trade other than Alex Tuck. Like, I'm sorry, but, like. Yeah, and, and, How... and, those, and those draft picks, like the fourth and the third, basically cancel out, and you get a first round pick. So it's essentially just it's it's essentially Peyton Krebs, a first round pick, and noted cap dump Alex Tuck for Jack Eichel. Yeah, I don't know why. And the, the weird thing about this trade was there was no salary retention on Eichel either. Mm-hmm. What? you would think that a team who is tanking like the Sabres could offer salary retention to help the Vegas Golden Knights and the Knights would be like, hell yeah, we'll take that. And then you get a better return because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like what the hell, like what window are the Buffalo Sabres competing for right now? Like they literally, like, and it's not even like, the thing is after they made the trade, they had to go out and get Johnny Boychuk just to reach the cap floor. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like it's like like why like, man like I I I'm just I'm so confused. Sorry, I'm not confused. I because like I I like I I can you can you can just sense the pettiness from here. It like like they it literally just feels like the Buffalo Sabers wanted absolutely no trace of Jack Eichel from the organization after they moved him. That's what it feels like, and it feels like they're able to eat a good chunk of the return to make that happen. What's one word that you would use to describe the Buffalo Sabres? Horrible. Immature. <laughs> just, just trash. Like, like, Yes, I agree with all of those. The one that comes to my mind, though, is just lost. Like, they have no idea what they're doing. They, they're just floating. They don't it's know sad. what to do. It's sad. Like, yeah. It's actually, like, like when I was... Uh, 
okay, when, like I used to, I actually used to really like the Sabres again. So like when I was younger and the Leafs were awful, the Sabres were actually pretty good. They were like always in the hunt for a playoff for the playoffs, like the eight seed. And they had like, they had a really couple of exciting couple of years in 2011, 2012, I think 2013 was really the first year where they started to go down. But like, it, like, it, it, like, it was kind of funny, like, oh, yeah, I can just take a nice little two-hour drive to go see the Buffalo Sabres play the Pittsburgh Penguins or something like that. But now it's just, like, it just feels like it's a big black hole in the middle of Buffalo. Yeah. And, like, it's just, they've gone through, two, like, they've they've gone through so many general managers. Like, like Tim Murray's gone. Um, Jason Botterill was there. He's gone. Um, Ke- uh, Kevin Adams. God, like, I... Could you like? I can't imagine having having to be the gym that takes the Sabers out of this mess. Like, there's just, oh my god! Like, and like, I like I I and I genuinely have no idea what the Pagulas are doing and like in the Buffalo Sabers ownership is doing. They are ruining number one, like one of the most passionate fan bases in the NHL, mm-hmm. and they are like they are single handedly ruining this team, single handedly. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with you there. Can I quickly talk about the conditions on the picks as well? Yeah, I'm- yeah, no, bring, bring those up. Good idea. So this is on the Sportsnet site. Uh, there's an article that I pulled up. It says, so this is the, the conditional picks that were swapped between the Knights and the Sabres. So it mm-hmm. says, if the Golden Knights first round pick in 2022 is not in the top 10, the Sabres get that selection and a Vegas second round pick in 2023, while the Knights get a Buffalo third round pick in 2023. However, if the Golden Knights' first-round pick in 2022 is in the top 10, the Sabres get Vegas' first-round pick in 2023 and a second-round pick. Oh, my God. It's protected, too. Oh, yeah. how, oh my God. So how? It, like, the Knights essentially lottery protected their pick. That's actually ridiculous. I can't, I completely forgot about that. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Oh my god, like, like, how do you not get at least a top 10 draft pick for Jack Eichel? Yeah, like, and dude, I do not expect the Golden Knights to be, um, they're not, bad. dude, like, not bad. dude, like, oh my god, this was their missing piece. Yeah. This was it. Like, if you look up and down their roster, they're great on the wings. They have a really good defense core. They have a great goalie in Robin Laner. But every time you look at that roster, the number one problem was they didn't have a number one center. Mm-hmm. William yep. Carlson was great in the expansion year. The first expansion year he had 40 goals, was a really good player for them. I think he's been he's been a ser- he's been serviceable as of late. And, and, and they still have that Riley Smith, Marcia So. Uh, line. yeah, it, it, like Chandler, Ste- Chandler Stevenson was riding shotgun with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, and yep. they still went to the like the and they've still been ridiculously competitive. You were adding a top 10 talent in the NHL to that lineup at the position they need. Is it safe to make the comparison that Chandler Stevenson is basically Tyler Bozak when he was on the Leafs? Yeah. That's actually a really good comparison. I didn't think of it like that. That's a really good comparison. Or Gabowski, take your pick. Yeah. But like, now oh they have their God. number one center. I, I, I'm planning on getting a Jack Eichel nice jersey at some point. That is on my list. Like, I will be like, I, oh, my God. Like, he, I you can't know what the, believe. 
I, I'm, I'm just, I am in shock. I am yeah. still in shock. I've, I've, I'm like, I've been watching Jack Eichel highlights because I was like, okay, like maybe he's like, maybe he's just not really like, he's not like, he's maybe he's like a really good player, but like they just don't value him as like a top 10 player. I was like, nope, mm-mm, that ain't it. Mm-mm. Like, Amazing. That year where the Sabres went on a 10 game winning streak to start the season off. And they, like people were talking about as an MVP finalist or MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Yep. It's, it's, it's just mind boggling to me how they, how they managed to, completely just just like ruin this investigation so not not investigation and like um negotiation oh my god yeah negotiation oh my god like what's the most mind-boggling aspect of this to me is you really couldn't get a better return no other team was going to give you more than this well hold on give me a second i need to (laughs) because i find it very interesting you mentioned that I remember the two teams that were in on Eichel down to the last minute. They were it was Calgary and Vegas. No, mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, hold on. Hold oh, on. if you have if you have Calgary's potential offer. Yep. So oh, I'm looking. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, because I have no idea what it was. Okay. Um. So this is from Hockey Hound at Hockey Hound Show, and this, who is quoting uh, Kevin Weeks, who is a NHL network insider. I think he's a pretty, pretty significant source, very trusted source around the NHL. You're gonna, you're gonna kick yourself after this. Like, I, I heard about this, and this is why I could not believe the return that they got. Okay, so I'll save the big piece for last. Um, so these, so the Flames are offering a upcoming first round pick, of course. A former first round pick. So like I'm assuming that means like one of their prospects they just made either this year or last year. Okay. So again, that's so far we're kind of consistent with the with the the nice return, right? Yep. Okay. Two prospects. And there's one piece that um that I haven't named, uh, haven't mentioned yet. If you had to guess what what like what the piece is, what would you guess? Makachuk. Yep. Oh, no way. Yep. Now again. Like, I don't know if that table, that offer was on the table. I don't know if, what the conditions were. Maybe this, maybe it's a situation where if they are getting that back, they need to, they needed to retain like 50% of Jack Eichel's salary or like some, some percent of Jack Eichel's salary. But if that return was on the table at any point during the negotiation for Jack Eichel, I clean house immediately if, if I'm the NHL. I get rid of because again, I Kevin Adams knows how good Matthew Kachuk is. Kevin Adams knows how like like again, we don't know if this is actually on the table. This might have just been a rumor, and okay, fine, so be it. But like, come on, like again, and I'm happy <laughs> that that trade didn't go through. I don't want Kachuk in the division. We already got one. I don't want two to Kachuks in the division. True, that's true. Like, but like, oh. Oh, yeah, you, you can have oh. Chuck. You're talking. Okay, let me just quickly go over that package again. Okay, so you get one first round pick, a former first round pick, two prospects, and Matthew Kachuk, who is a borderline superstar in the NHL. At very least, he's a very he's an all star and a very very good player. Hey, hey, Alex Tuck. 
Sorry. Don't want to disrespect. Don't, mm, don't, <laughs> don't even right now. Don't even right now. Like, oh my god. I. Ah. Uh, I like. Uh, I'm. I'm in. Like, I'm in shock, man. Like this is a player I think a lot of people were talking about as like a top five potential player in like three or four years, and the <laughs> Sabers just kicked him to the curb like it was like yesterday's garbage. All right, cool. See ya. Oh my god. <laughs> Is is so bad. If that's what the package was for, for Eichel from again, Flames, like, there's no excuse. Like, what, okay, what are you doing? But here's the thing, right? Like, I think people, I think a lot of people understand that, like, the Sabers must, like, there, there, there must be some reason why they didn't, why they didn't take that package. And again, it, it raised the question of whether or not that package is actually on the table. But like, yeah. but like. It seems that like that package is consistent with the with the with the type of talent that that that, that they would be acquiring. That's like that's why I have a hard time saying that like okay like you're telling me at no point that was on the table ever. Like 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 what was their first like what was their first uh, offer then? Okay, we'll give you um, a third round pick for Jack Eichel. Like, I have a hard time believing now that I think of it that package from the flames might have been what you just explained because so it was kachuk two prospects and two first round picks basically yep for eichel yep mm, that's a law for eichel come on like, okay two prospects two picks well number one well number one we don't know how good those prospects are mm-hmm. that's not that's that's the first thing like okay like if we're talking about like these are two top prospects, two guys who were just picked in like the top like like Calgary to make the playoffs last year, so they, I think they had a relatively high draft pick. So if you give them that like that one, and like again, that's 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 the thing with this, right? Like prospect is such a broad or such a broad like term. Like you don't yeah. like like I would think if they were if they were like super highly anticipated prospects, they like the, it, it would they it would have been noted two top prospects. But even then, dude, like. Like we talk about Jack Eichel as a generational talent that never become available, like never become available, especially when they're in the prime years of their career. The closest one I can come, the, so the closest one I can think of in my mind recently in terms of like players that 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 are the, of that caliber at center becoming available are, is John Tavares when he came to the Leafs and he was twenty seven. I think Jack Eichel's like twenty, like twenty three, twenty four. Yep, twenty four. I think. Like, yeah, like, like twenty five. I like, like the only like. This is like, like the closest thing I can even think like young superstar talents being in their prime being moved or is is in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's really unfortunate. I think what we can take away from this is, well, I can't take away anything more about the Sabres than what I already knew about. There should. I don't see any future. Uh, okay, but I'm, mm-hmm. I, I now want to turn to the Vegas perspective of this. Right now they have... How Start many, the like, parade three? down the strip. Oh, they have like three or four. Uh, no, you might not know where I'm going with this. But there are three or four players right now who are basically their, their top four that are all injured. It's Mark Stone. Yeah. Patch ready. Patch ready. 
Uh, William Carlson, I don't know if he's back yet. He's not. He broke his foot. He's out four to six weeks. Damn. And then Jack Eichel is out for a few more. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think they're going to do well in the regular season. Um, I don't have them missing the playoffs right now. I think they'll squeak in. But once they have the whole squad back, oh boy, that's a scary ass looking team. Let me run you through the top four right now. Let me pull Hold up. Friendly. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, okay. Off the top of my head, I know Eichel's making 10. I know uh, Mark Stone's making nine and a half. Pacioretty's making seven. Pat- no, sorry, Petrangelo's making eight and a half. Uh, 8.8. 8.8. Okay, 8.8. Uh, making, uh, uh, making a pretty reasonable amount, I think. Like five, five mil? Yeah. Five, five mil. You're joking. You're joking. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Oh my God. Oh my God. This team is ridiculous. They have Shea Theodore, who they literally plucked away from the Anaheim Ducks so that so that they would take so that, so that, so that the Knights would take Shea Theodore. So not Shea Theodore. Clayton Stone. I think it was Clayton Stoner from the Anaheim Ducks. Like, oh my God. Oh, and like March. Oh my God. That team is so stacked. Oh. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, they have $15 million in cap space left <laughs> today, as of today. So, yeah, I know. Wednesday, yeah, November 10th, 2021. And on their injured reserve, $27 million. Damn, I was going to do the math. Damn it. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. $27 million on their IR right now. Holy shit. So, okay. Off the top of my head, I don't know if they're going to make any more trades between now and the playoffs, but I could totally see a situation where they pulled the Tampa from last year. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, sorry, the reason I greet that with skepticism more than yeah, totally is just this again. I think it's very difficult to do that in the middle of the season where you're just going to be like, okay, like, let's like, whereas like, like let's just say for example they do and like but like they would have to i don't know how seriously hurt these how how bad the injuries are for some of these players but like they might have to milk a lot of those to get to the end of the season yep. whereas with whereas with the nikita kutrov thing like they're able to do it in the off season where it was a very kind of discreet thing i was like okay, he has a hip problem he's going for surgery he's going to be out until the playoffs like that's like again you can argue whether or not like they actually like took advantage of that i mean they, they they obviously did they obviously went over the cap but like apparently like in that season nikita kutrov was skating like in march like early march so he probably could have came back but like again if you're at that point why would you but what i will add though the one thing i will add mark stone is currently in long-term injured reserve and from what i've been reading it sounds like people are uncertain about when he's going to return mm-hmm. I that could be it. That could that could be your Kucherov. Interesting. That, like, yeah, I'm pulling up a Mark Stone report right now, and according to CBS Sports, Golden Knights Mark Stone return still not imminent. There you go. And he's on my fantasy team, so that's just lovely. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, once once this core four actually unites, you've got essentially like imagine that first power play unit: Pacioretty, Eichel. Uh, Stone, uh, you throw oh. Petrangelo on the point, oh my and then God. like, and then like, take your pick of like Riley Smith or Jonathan Marsh or so. 
do we do we think this is the best uh the best core four in the league right now no i don't think so um personally i st- like just off the top of my head i take mckinnon rantanen landeskog makar over them um i still slightly take the leaps of matthews marner nylander Tavares over them even though that one is close i will i will agree with that it, it's i think it's at least close i do anyways, uh think about this Tampa's got to be close. Like Tampa, like you got Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman. That's a pretty good. Like again, like it's there's a lot of talent. That, like the league is just becoming so top heavy. Where like, yep. okay, name your name your Arizona Coyotes top four. Go. Like uh, uh, Jacob Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. He's on the Canadians now. No. Chikrin? No, that's Dvorak. Don't worry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm getting confused. Yep. Yep. Chikrin, Kessel, the uh, Kessel. <laughs> uh, uh, like you see, like anyways, I like I I find it very interesting just because like again, like I, man, I, I I'm I hey. fuck with the Knights so hard now. Oh my god. How about the Bruins? You got Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand, Hall, McAvoy. That's not bad. I like I. This might be a hot take, but I think Bergevin. Uh, not 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 Bergevin. Bergevin. <laughs> I have I have Bergeron retiring at the end of the season. Yeah, thirty six. I think this old. is the thirty seven. UFA at the end of the season. Uh, player with multiple concussion problems early in his career. He's already he's won a cup. He's won a lot of money. It strikes me he like I think I think he has a yeah, I think he has a family. Uh, he's got nothing to play for. Other than just for the love of the game, um, Olympic gold, Olympic gold medalist, you can throw that on top. Mm-hmm. Like especially if he, especially if he gets if he um, if he uh, makes Team Canada, I can just see that being like the perfect. Like again, I I don't have the Bruins winning the cup this year, but I could I, I could see this being like the perfect opportunity to kind of for Bergy to kind of go like ride into the sunset. But that's true. I don't know. You know, uh, I don't know if Eichel will make it by the by the time the Olympics come around. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, he, he, if he can, that American Olympic roster all of a sudden would look ten times more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you got Matthews, you got Kane. Say what you want about Kane, still a good player on the ice. If he gets the surgery on the Friday, so it's one, two, three, four, five. You could make it. He could. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So again, so, for, so I gathered a lot of the information that I have on the surgery and everything from the report that for, from the interview that Jack Eichel did with Spit and Chicklets. Um, apparently, from what he like, I, I don't know who he talked to. He talked to other people that got the surgeries, talked to medical professionals. Apparently, it's about six weeks to get back to skating. Oh, wow. That's quick. So that is quick. And that, and that was my thought as well, especially when you're talking about a spine slash neck injury. Um, again, I think I, I, part of me thinks that because it is the, like the neck, as opposed to the actual, like, uh, the, um, thoracic and lumbar spine that it may, that might be reason why, but like, if he, like, again, let's just assume he gets a surgery like this coming Friday on the 12th. So that means the one, two, three, four, five, six, he would be, that would, the six weeks would be Christmas Eve all like on the dot. Wow. Wow. So, 
I don't know when the winter games start. <laughs> I assume it's in like February or like late January, but like there's definitely a window for him to make it. I just think the only question is how accurate is that six week window? And what if he has any potential setbacks or he's not recovering as quickly as he initially thought my money is on him. My money is on him not playing, but. If he can make it watch out world, the American Olympic. Yeah, but like nasty. The thing I was thinking about is like the thing I was thinking about though, was do you want him playing? If you're Vegas. True. And the other thing is like, how good is Jack Eichel going to be? He hasn't, he like, he will not have played hockey in like almost like two thirds of a year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I think, I just think it's a lot of pressure to kind of throw him into the Olympics as his, basically his training camp, really. Like, yep. Yep. Again, like, if he, if he can get there and he can be healthy and he can play really good hockey, I'm all for it. Just because I think, hey, like, this is why you let the NHL players go to the Olympics. You want to see the best players in the world compete for their country and, like, and play for their country. But if not, like, I just I just worry about his long-term health. That's all. I'm going to go through one more thing about the the Golden Knights here before we wrap. Oh, so, no. Yeah. I'm going to – you might not – you might know where I'm going to go with this one, but I'm going to list you a bunch of names. Oh, I want you to tell me what they have in common. Thomas Tatar. Uh, I, I know where we're going with this. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Thomas Tatar, Eric Halla, Colin Miller, Nikita Gusev, although Gusev is not good. Cody Eakin, Malcolm Subban, Paul Stasny, Nate Schmidt, Marc-Andre Fleury, Ryan Reeves, Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs. You can make a kick-ass roster with those names alone. Could you ever? What do they have in common? I'm going to go with my gut here because I think this thing I've brought up on multiple occasions, but are these players that were that, that were extended by the Knights and then traded? It, whether they were extended or acquired, basically the, the Vegas Golden Knights said with these players was they had them and then they discarded them like garbage. They're like, we don't want you anymore. Mm-hmm. And so you can go first. Okay, here's my thing. Um, I want to cut. Yeah. Cause again, I've been banging this drum for a very long time. I was banging this drum when they signed Petrangelo because this, thing, I think this, when they signed Petrangelo, this was the first instance of where, where like people were noticing what was like, what was going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. Cause they were like the Leafs in the sense that like they were interested in Petrangelo, but they didn't have the cap space and there was no market for him because he just happened to be again, this isn't his fault, but like he was, he was a free agent in the off season of the global pandemic. So it was a flat cap. Owners did not want to spend a lot of money. Um, but the Vegas Golden Knights said, we're going to be the team to go get Alex Petrangelo. He's a very good defenseman. I don't blame them. I wish the Leafs, I wish the Leafs got him to be honest with you over Tyson Berry, but that's another story for another day. But like, this is like, this is just a trend. They can't keep up if they do like, Again, I know people talk about how great the atmosphere is and how and how great the fans are and like, oh my God, hockey in Vegas is so much fun. But like, it's now getting to the point where if you're not in the top three or four players in terms of their cap, uh, in, terms of, in terms of the cap percentage, you have no idea how long you're going to be in Vegas for. Like, True. Yep. And I, and I think especially in the, in the case of Nate Schmidt, I think they just extended him like a year before and they traded him like the, like the next year. Mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. and like I, look i understand that hockey is a business or the nhl is a business and this happens in the business 
but at some point i just i would think you would have to at least show some like empathy or some moral some moral high ground and be like okay like we just extended this guy isn't isn't a bit wrong to to kind of ship him off to vancouver for literally like just so we can for literally a bag of pucks to clear cap space for alex petrangelo yep i don't know uh yeah i honestly is it weird for me to already be questioning how long jack eichel will remain on the vegas golden knights even though he just moved (laughs) i would be more curious like the one I'm the one I'm curious about is Max Pacioretty. He was a guy yeah. that they were they're trying to move last year and they couldn't move him. Why? Because of the cap hit. Like mm-hmm. it it just it looks like Vegas is always looking out for the bigger and the better. The next sorry, the next and greatest without yep. really considering their current position, which maybe they should because it's kind of getting them into trouble. But I just want to remind you, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, they so Thomas Tatar, after seven months of acquiring him for a second, a first, oh. and a third. So they spent a first, second, and third to get mm-hmm. Tatar. Then they, then they traded Tatar away to the Canadians with Suzuki. So they gave Suzuki away for Mac Pat, Max Petretti. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Oh so let's all remember here, the Vegas Golden Knights, they want their eyes on the shining object all the time. They're like, oh, what's that shiny, glowy player? I want it. I want him now. They're they're goldfish. They're literally yeah. goldfish. Like you put the, you put your finger on the tank and all the finger on all the fish come follow you. Like, man. Yeah. And they will do whatever they want to get that shiny object on their roster. I forgot, Patch. I forgot Suzuki was that there. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah. If they had Eichel and Suzuki. Oh yep. my God. Uh. Yeah, so crazy stuff. I I think the Vegas Golden Knights, once they have everyone back on their roster, they're gonna be next to unstoppable. They're my cup, they're they're my cup favorites. Like honestly, like they they are my cup favorites. Like I have the Avalanche and the Cats in the in the cup final. I am saying (laughs) hell nah. (laughs) Jack Jack Eichel Cup run, baby. Oh and yo, Vegas Golden Knights fans are so damn spoiled. My god, you have everything. Yeah. How fun would it be to go to Vegas though one day? I so badly want to go to Vegas just to see a game. I feel like it's so much fun. Yeah, my friend's going, I think. Oh, you lucky motherfucker. I'm so jealous. I wish I'm going. Uh, I, it's okay. I have my eyes set on the outdoor game. That's all. That's true. That's true. Hamilton versus the Sabres. Oh my God. If we lose, <laughs> they're going to lose. They're going to lose. I will, put, I will put money on it right now. Book it. Sabres. I'm taking the over three and a half. Like <laughs> they are gonna destroy the Leafs. Three and a half. Nationally, nationally televised game outdoors, biggest game of the year for the Leafs and for the regular season. They're just gonna completely blow it. I've seen this before. God damn it! Uh, well, I'm still gonna go <laughs> if I have some tickets. Might as well. Anyway, yeah, me too. That's all we wanted to cover for today. Uh, I think I had some random tidbits as well from this week. One of them was. Let me quickly pull it up if we can. If I can quickly highlight this over the next minute. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I want to throw out there, uh, Bob Murray, uh, executive for the Anaheim Ducks, is put on administrative leave yep. for um, basically unprofessional workplace work work workplace behavior. Good. Um, and from what I from what I'm reading, it sounds like it is due to, um, basically verbal abuse. Uh, it sounds like he's just he's like he's like he's a dick. He's an asshole. 
So good for the ducks to do to, to, to do that investigation steps. Um, but yeah, so Bob Murray is going to go bye bye for a little bit. That's good. Finally, someone's taking advantage of admin leave. Uh, Coyotes, weird thing I noticed. Uh, someone made a tweet. Oh, sorry, Spit and Chicklets tweeted this actually, uh, or made an Instagram post about this. 2017 18, Coyotes start the season 0 10 and 1, claim goalie Scott Wedgwood on waivers. And Wedgwood's first game, he gets Coyotes their first win. 2021 2022, Coyotes start season 0 10 and 1, claim Wedgwood on waivers. And in his first game, they get their first win. Funny how that worked out. Uh, there was also a tweet from the Utica Comets. I don't know if anyone noticed this, but they... Oh, my God. <laughs> this, is, this is so bad. This is so bad. Uh, during the game, I believe, Utica was versing uh, the Canadians AHL affiliate team. Laval, I don't know the name. Laval, Laval. Market. And they tweeted mid-game saying, yo, at Cole Caulfield, are you here? Everyone keeps saying you are, but we haven't noticed. Did you not play in today's game? And then they deleted the tweet shortly after. <laughs> Apparently, Cole wow. Caulfield's dad was not too happy about that. From I, I would not be happy about that either. Um, and then last thing, Toronto's 10 goals. Uh, last 10 goals. I think this was posted on November 6th. So it was a few days ago. But, I mean, since then, it's only been the LA game and nothing happened there. Uh, Tavares, Marner, Marner, Matthews, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, Nylander, Tavares, Matthews, Matthews, Tavares, Marner. And then in LA, it was Tavares, right? Tavares, yep. Tavares from Tavares from Marner or Tavares from it was, it was a power play goal. So I think it was Tavares from Nylander and Marner or something like that. Or Tavares. Yeah. From, anyways, it doesn't matter. So those are the Leafs' last 15 goals. They lost 5 1, but at least now we know the core is clicking. So that's good. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you know how this works, right? Uh, everything's happy now, and then it's going to be apocalyptic next week. So yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, oh my god. Let's let's put a pin there. Thank you for yeah. listening. Oh, one more thing. We're gonna yeah, do two a week now. Oh yeah, yeah. So we will now be recording, I believe, on Monday and Wednesdays. That's very exciting. We're bumping it up to twice a week, hopefully to help um, help our stuff stay relevant uh, to avoid what happened last week where we, didn't, where we didn't cover the Jack Eichel stuff until like a week later, but that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, make sure you subscribe to the uh, Taxi Squad in, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And yeah. One last, one last, last, last thing. Oh Lord, yes. Uh, Go to savignon.substack.com. Check it out. Uh, this oh, is- shit. He plugged my shit. Damn, let's go. <laughs> I don't know if you know him, but really cool guy. He made a Substack recently. I think it's really worth a read. I fucking love the article. So go Thanks, check it out. Bro. Put, it in the- you. put it in the description below. Damn. Thank you. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Read it. Subscribe to my Substack, maybe. Who knows? I'm treating it as my athletic. There you go. Oh, it will be. One day it'll be better. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, let's stop there. See you guys yeah. soon. Bye. Yeah.